in a very unhappy mood tomorrow. <laughs> Wait, are you putting money on it? I did. The Nevada guessing game? I did. <laughs> a big chunk. Yes. Uh, okay, so I think we have a two-hour show. As far as I've been told, uh, we went from one hour to two hours really quickly. This show will go from now until the pregame of the NCAA tournament Actually, game tips it, off. Yep. Whatever that is, we don't I, you know. You don't know. Uh, all right, so let's open up our Gil Mortgage text line. You all know the drill. If you are veterans of the show, if you're new, welcome to the show. 435-339-0321. Oh, no. 435. I haven't even looked at the line yet either. 339-0321. Don't forget Gil Mortgage, where you can uh, get offers of hundreds of loan products for a variety of borrowers, including first-time home buyers, military families, and rural residents. Gil Mortgage also offers many state, county, and city housing programs that provide down payment assistance and at Guild, they work hard to deliver what matters most to you and find the loan that fits your life. Call them at 435-294-2480. Again, our text in line is very simple, 435-339-0321. It is open right now. So yep. text in. Let's go crazy. AJ, what do you got? 9315 said, why is AJ trying to get rid of the guest host, AJ? Leon I'll take Rose. this one. He wasn't trying to get rid of me. He was just Hey, he was Leon just Rose, offering. you know what? You got bigger crap to worry about right now because your conference just got full of good coaches unlike you. And uh, to put it lightly, Wait, can we say you're that? screwed. Like, I don't care for the UNLV hire, and I don't think Patino's going to work in New Mexico. I think Patino's going to work in New Mexico because Patino... Uh, okay, so he, I think he can go into the transfer portal and get good players. That's and then the fair. other problem is, is Tim I Miles going to San Jose State is a major, major That's underrated problem. That's a steal. It is, because Tim Miles can coach. And he can recruit. Yeah, he he kind of got a raw deal at, in Nebraska. Oh, he sure and, did. And clearly, it shows that way because um, oh, he was the Bulls assistant. Is it Stoops? No, that's the football coach. Who's the coach at Nebraska now? He was with the Bulls. Oh, is it the? I keep Hoy, thinking Jim Boylan. It's not Hoyer. Jim Boylan. It's uh, it's like Ho- oh, Hoyer, on, dude. Now Ho- I gotta Hoyberg. look. Hoyberg. Hoyberg. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. So he did really good things at Iowa State, and he bounced for Chicago, which everyone knew that wasn't going to work as a Bulls hire because that was a typical Gar Foreman. Uh, John Paxson hire where they're like, let's get a guy that's only going to listen to us, and then it was terrible. <laughs> but he's struggling, even though everyone thought that was a pretty good hire. But yeah, Miles going to San Jose State, that's he's can coach. That's, you're, you're not wrong on that. No, not at all. Uh, again, so Utah, or excuse me, Utah State has actually got a new head coach. I must said Utah Jazz. No, Utah Jazz played today at five o'clock. In Dallas, we'll not be airing that game on a radio station. Instead, we'll have a big college game tonight. Yeah, underrated. Uh, yes, very big college game tonight. Gonzaga, Baylor tonight in the NCAA tournament championship. Winner gets the spoils. Uh, Leon Rose texts in. Do they fall apart when they play or when they play our new coach at Utah State? Uh, I don't know. I I mean, we haven't we haven't seen our new coach coach yet at Utah State, so we'll see. That's a, that's a little ways away. Who the team? Does Utah State fall? Apart? I don't know. That's that what I was just trying to figure team? out. Is he asking about San Jose oh, State, New Mexico, or Utah State? So I'm not sure. Four three five three three nine zero three two one to text in to oh, our Gil Mortgage text line. Uh, should we start with a recap of the Final Four? Yeah, I guess yeah, is where we should probably, probably start, fair. considering that one of the games is probably the greatest game ever. It's classic. Oh man, instant classic, wasn't it? What a absolute show! I'm so mad at myself. I I talked myself out of. I so I Nevada guessing game. I bet on Creighton to cover against Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, and understandable that didn't happen. So then I bet on uh, Gonzaga. I think to to cover against uh, 
USC, which they did uh, by a lot. And so then I saw that huge line because the, the opening line for UCLA in Gonzaga was 13 and a half, and it immediately moved to 14. People were betting hard on the cover. And I was like, ah, it's such a big line. I kind of want to do it, but I've been betting against UCLA like the entire tournament and losing. And so I was like, this ironically, they would this would be the one. So I didn't. And so then they, of course, almost won. They took the game into overtime or close to second overtime. And then and now we'll see because I bet hard on Baylor. So we'll see if I'm wrong again. Wait, you bet hard on Baylor? I bet on Baylor to win. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to wait, 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 you bet on Baylor to win. Yep, Baylor to beat Gonzaga. Well, I hope you enjoy that money while it lasted. If I can be so blunt in telling you that. See, it's a quick turnaround. That's the, <laughs> it I is. Mean, it's a really Gonzaga quick turnaround. For, what, you were the one that told me, was it so out of all their wins this year, how many of them were double digits and how many of them were 17 or more? So what, 20 of them, let's see, out of the 20 games, out of the last 20 games. Before UCLA. Before UCLA, 19 of them were by double digits. 17 of those were by 15 plus points or 17 plus points. No, 15 plus points, sorry. So I think UCLA obviously was better than their seed, but I'm, I'm banking on Gonzaga – Something happened, and Baylor, like, because Houston's defense is legit. Like, I told you, I can't stand them. They play good defense, and then their strategy is shoot terrible shots and then go get the rebound. <laughs> and Baylor smacked them. It wasn't a game. <laughs> so I'm I'm counting on the tough game wearing Gonzaga down a little bit, and Baylor, Baylor's a very good defensive team, but we'll see. Gosh, I'm looking for the audio of the uh, UCLA-Gonzaga game because it was so well done by Kevin Kluger, who's just as talented as get out. Um, and, what a but, heartbreaking way to lose. Oh, dude. Yeah. Okay. So, well, okay. We'll start with this game. Let's start here. Let's just start from the beginning and work our way through. Uh, Baylor ends up uh, taking care of Houston with really not a lot of problems. They were nope. just defensively a mismatch for Houston, who had no answers at all. This was a 25 point lead at halftime and uh, ends up being a 19 point win for the Baylor Bears, who are in the national championship game at 27 and 2 record. And the crazy part of this is that Baylor and Gonzaga were supposed to play in November. This game was supposed to happen in November, yep. and because of COVID for Baylor, they couldn't play the game, and so they had to cancel it. Who would have thought that it was just basketball gods being like, nope, we're going to make you wait for about five or so months. I mean, that's fair, because the other argument I heard is that Baylor finally took until the Houston game for this is the Baylor team that uh, everybody saw at the beginning of the season, because everybody says, yeah, the Big 12 was good, but Baylor only lost two games well, lost the first game. Lost their first game in the regular season because of COVID. I, the tournament, I have no idea. I mean, Cade Cunningham's a great player. I think he's going to be the first overall pick. But uh, this is the Baylor team everybody saw at the beginning of the season when everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's Baylor Zaga. Book it. And here it is. Yeah, wh- what do you know? Uh, Pretty chalky finish when you think about it for all the upsets we had. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Like, the first, second, and third round, actually even the fourth round, I mean, the Sweet 16 Elite Eight included were just bonkers like you were shredding your bracket by round two and then you were probably setting it on fire again just for kicks and giggles by the elite eight and now here we are and it's one seed versus the overall one seed and the two teams that everyone thought were the best teams in this whole entire thing so let me ask you despite i mean this could be the greatest national championship game ever maybe potentially depending on how this goes but would this compare as one of the craziest excuse me craziest ncaa tournament games or sorry, NCAA tournaments in itself ever, just based on all the upsets. Well, what do they say? I think they had the tie for the most upsets through the Sweet 16. Out of the first round, 15 of 16 possible seeds advanced, which is nuts. I think it's the first time that's ever happened. 
Yeah, I think it is. I think for it to be, it could potentially be, I think, one of the greatest March tournaments ever, but you need a great game tonight. Yeah. Because so the UCLA Gonzaga game saved it because man, that Baylor Houston one was a snoozer. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last long, did it? No. It was it was close for about I watched for I think a few minutes and I dozed off and then I woke up because I, I bet on Baylor. I woke up and it was uh they were up like twenty five and I was like, Oh, done. It's over. Baylor's not gonna blow a twenty five point lead. Yeah, Baylor just came in like I mean, they just looked like a man on a mission, right? I mean, they just came in focused, ready to go. Uh, I mean, it didn't help that Houston was like, I mean, what, Sasser was really good. He had five three-pointers and 17 all by himself. But the rest of the team was one of 15 from the field to start. And that includes their All-American guard, Grimes, who was 0 for 5. Uh, Dejan Giroux, who was one of seven. And here in MVP honors in the Midwest region. Uh, I mean, that's crazy that Baylor's defense gave you that much problems and Houston could not quit turning over the ball. Baylor's, I think they, what did they say? Baylor's a top, top 10 offense, a top 10 defense. That's part of the reason I'm buying them tonight. Because they dismantled Houston. And even in the, there was, I think, a stretch, I think early on in the second half, Houston went on like a 10 nothing run. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe Houston will make a game out of this. And then Baylor went bucket, bucket, bucket. And then it never really got closer than 18. And then it was just kind of there the rest of the game. Baylor just kind of put it in cruise control at the second half, and even then, Houston couldn't just, really get it yeah, closer exactly, than and like ran 14 away or it. so. Yeah. No, that's that, in fact, that's a really, really good way to put it. Um, again, Baylor runs over Houston, 78-59, in a game that really wasn't that close in a one-versus-two matchup. In fact, uh, if I saw correctly, it is the biggest winning margin of a one-versus-two game in a Final Four since 2006, I'll have, to, I'll have to look up that stat one more time to make sure, but I believe it's since 2006. That's what Baylor did to Georgia, which, uh, not Baylor, excuse me, Houston did to, Baylor did to Houston uh, the other night. And then, of course, Gonzaga and UCLA. Boy, this was just a classic game. It was a little, starting in the first half, uh, UCLA, I, I think a lot of the tweets were UCLA played the best half of their lives of their careers individually and they were still trailing by one and everyone kind of said look that was their best punch that's all they got and then come second half you know Gonzaga does go on a little bit of a run but UCLA just wouldn't go away yeah I I yeah I completely agree I thought the same thing you did because what was it I think UCLA had no starter shoot under 50 percent like it was just an Correct. offensive clinic on both sides, and I've been I've been betting against UCLA the whole tournament. I picked Michigan State to beat them. I thought the winner was going to beat BYU, which they did, and then I thought, well, there's no way they're going to beat uh, whoever. I picked Michigan to beat them. I picked whoever played them the round before to beat them. Oh, Alabama, and so they've just made me look dumb. And I thought, okay, here we go. Gonzaga's been killing everybody. Gonzaga had a week off to figure him out because usually that's what you see. Specifically, like because uh, we're going to talk about UMBC, obviously because the coach moved over. But specifically, Aja, you can see usually if if a double digit seed wins one game, you kind of see them not be able to ride the momentum and lose. But if specifically if they get out of the first weekend, you usually see them get smacked the next weekend because they're not. There's that week off that coaches kind of say, okay, here's what they do. We're more talented. We figure it out. But that's just a testament to UCLA. Mark Few couldn't figure him out. UCLA had a perfect game plan. They had it right there, and it took a, I don't want to call it a miraculous shot, because he got pretty close. Suggs got a good look. When it's okay. off the bank, there's definitely a little bit of luck. So uh, a few things, and, and you mentioned them already. 
Uh, what UCLA had to do to get back in that game was took every bit of energy. I mean, just to keep up with Gonzaga. Again, they were playing out of their doggone minds and were still neck and neck with Gonzaga. And then all of a sudden, I mean, who was it? Uh, Ju Zhang was just splendid in the second half. This game had 15 ties, 19 lead changes, and it still took a half-court, well, near half-court shot just to beat UCLA. And the 15th tie came when Juzang hit uh, a uh, putback. Who uh, He got his own rebound and laid it back in. And then the 19th lead change came thanks to the freshman. Dribbling to the right side, it's Juzang. Seven seconds to go. Six seconds. Juzang in the paint. Fade away. No. Got his own rebound. Slithers to the rim and lays it in. Three seconds to go. We're tied at 90. Here comes Suggs. Long three for the win. Banks at home. Banks at home. Jalen Suggs. A deep banked three to Sten Gonzaga. One step closer to history. Unbeaten Gonzaga comes up with the hero play of the year from the freshman. And that is such a good call by Kevin Kluger. And okay, let me ask you, you're a play-by-play guy. Okay, you're an expert in the uh, biz. Uh, if a color, okay, if you have a situation like that, are you mad at your color guy for yes. screaming over you? Yes. Are you really? Yes. Yes, I am. It was one of the big things that I was told the uh, first year I did play-by-play, I did color. I did color for Green Canyon football with Craig Smith, or Craig Smith. With uh, uh, Craig Hislop, and he told me, he said, "Look, when he's gone, don't say anything because I have to describe the play. And if something happens, you've you've now just taken the moment because you want to like the reaction can come, but it shouldn't come at the expense of the play-by-play guy because he's telling you what happened. Because if you're listening on radio, all you heard is Jalen Sucks gets the shot off, and then he goes <laughs> to describe what happened. And all you hear is, oh, <laughs> you want to know what happened? Did he get fouled? Did he make it? Was it close?" So was it before the buzzer, was okay. it not? <laughs> With that, here is Gonzaga's radio call, and the color analyst is none other than Gonzaga Bulldog legend himself, Adam Morrison. Listen to this. To the right side of the floor, defended by Kispert now. Drives, leans in, the runner comes up short, choosing the rebounds and puts it in. We're tied at 90. Three seconds left. Here's Suggs the other way. Pull up three for the win. Yes! 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 of the championship game! He knocked no! from 40 at the buzzer! Yes! The Bulldogs! Wow! Play for- that is Adam Morrison. Now here, let me let me put some context into what Adam was going through. He had lost in the Elite Eight to UCLA and an incredible comeback that was called by Gus Johnson on TV. One of the greatest NCAA tournament calls I've ever heard. Uh, who's, Gus is just losing his mind. Adam Morrison ends up in, in this Gonzaga team, chokes really to UCLA, and ends his career as a Gonzaga Bulldog. So we fast forward, what, 13-something years? And then all of a sudden, here it is. Adam Morrison's on the Cousin Color Analyst watching his Gonzaga Bulldogs beat UCLA on a just a past half court buzzer beater to send the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs 31-0 into the national championship. That one I didn't have such a problem with because clearly Morrison needed to collect himself too because he was just shouting. <laughs> I think the first one's understandable, but at some point you got to be like, all right, he's got to describe what happened. The people want to know. <laughs> I always thought that was a that was a big kick uh, out of it. Uh, three seven one two texted. Where's intern Cody? He's not here, so who cares? 
he was supposed to be here today. And then I call him and he's like, oh, I'm stuck in Montana. And I'm like, all right, well, young man, let me teach you something. It's the day before work and you're in Montana. Wouldn't you leave a day earlier? Make sure you don't get stuck. Responsibilities, man. Be accountable for yourself. Look, he is scouting the professional ice fishing league. <laughs> professional ice fishing league? Is that what you just said? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> All right, so, uh, AJ, 93-90 is your final. Gonzaga wins it in overtime, remains undefeated over UCLA, who is a Cinderella team, quote-unquote. They finished their season at 22-10. and 10. Where do you rank this game? Oh, boy. And by the way, tell Skip Bayless he can go eat a bag of moldy corn dogs. Did you see his tweets? The other day, I did not. He was. I did really stay off his. his I know, I know, He's, and they show up on my Twitter account because people are idiots and they like to comment to him. for the sake of. Obnoxious. But he he was tweeting out. He goes, "What is there to celebrate? Why is Jalen Suggs uh, drum or yeah, Jalen Suggs jumping on top of the the table celebrating when he hit the lucky shot ever? There's no skill included. I'm like, dude, who hurt your dog? Who kicked your dog? What is your problem? I wouldn't. I mean, when you bank it in, it is definitely luck because no one's ever yeah, aiming for the I bank. Yeah, but I mean, dude, come but, on. He could have been 15 feet off. He's a freshman at a Gonzaga school that has what? They've they've haven't won they've never won a national championship. They're on the precipice of history because it hasn't been since you would you know better than I was 74, 76. Uh 76 is the last time an undefeated team won the national championship. IU team went undefeated, so that's let's see. Let's do some math. 6 46 years. That's a long time ago. Um <laughs> I don't know, and they won the game. My bad. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's the final four. I don't care if it's the first one. I'm jacked that we won. <laughs> and he's like, well, you shouldn't be celebrating. It was just luck. And I'm like, you know what, Skip? I don't know like who gave you those fake Air Jordans because it wasn't Jordan himself. No. But I need you to quit your job and find the nearest McDonald's or Arctic Circle and just start working there. Because you do everybody in the sports biz a favor. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, okay, greatest game, uh, tournament game ever. Would you put it in that category? So I think, like, yeah, Kansas-Memphis, right, in 08 National Championship. Mario Chalmers. That was pretty good. Uh, Jenkins, uh, the Villanova over North Carolina. Ooh, yeah. I mean, Houston, you have NC kind of State. the exact same thing. But those, those two shots, the shot that you would see hit, to, to tie it or take the lead. Oh, Marcus was, Page? That shot was crazy. So like, I, there's no, he had no business making that. No. He didn't bake it in. And then, yeah, he goes down there and just Drano for Nova, which was big, too, because they had not won. Okay, so here's the thing with Man, the Jenkins thing. Tough. Jenkins got good rhythm into it because he was able to trail the guard, yeah. catch, set, shoot. Jalen had a run. Realized the clock was winding down and then just let it go. It's true, but I mean, I think Paige's shot was oh, yeah. more difficult. Oh, dude, I interviewed Paige because he was playing for the Salt Lake City Stars and I was working for the radio team there. And we, and I, after the game, I was, you know, kind of just chatting with him for a little bit. And after I'm done, I didn't ask him about the championship game. He goes, hey, dude, thanks for not asking me about the shot. And I'm like, which one? And he goes, touche. Great answer. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I, I'm like, dude, I don't care. It's, it was a long time ago. And then he just starts going off and he goes, dude, like, how, what do you want me to do? I just hit a three. Like, I mean, then we sprint back down. I mean, what do you want us to do? Foul the guy? And he kind of goes off for like a minute and a half. I mean, you know, it's just a big shot. It's you just tell he was upset by it. It's, I, I would be too. You hit a that craziest shot. It's the same thing with this. And I think uh, the coach said, the coach said afterwards, he said, you told him, like, you guys were winners. Like, you just, and I think that's ultimately true. I don't think they played it wrong. Suggs just had a good look, and luck was with them. UCLA has nothing to be ashamed of. It's just the cards didn't come up this way this time. They played a great game. 
again, oh, by the way, how about the Houston NC State game? Jimmy Valvano running around the court. Oh, I love that 30 for 30. Yeah, that one's good. Surviving advance. That's a good one. Uh, you have, jeez, uh, you have, I can't even think, the Christian Leitner shot in the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, to beat Duke, or I mean, to beat Kentucky. Uh, the Duke, I, I don't know. I keep thinking of the Gordon Hayward three. That should have banked in. I just, every time I watch it, I'm like, this is in, right? Like, this is totally yeah. in. Dude, when it's he let it go, so he close. The best thing about that, by the way, because I know everybody hates Duke, and one of the players, like, I, I, whatever, I don't have a huge problem with him, but I can't stand Kyle Singler. I absolutely hate that guy. Really? I cannot stand him. Uh, okay, what Duke player do you hate most ever? Kyle Singler. What? I don't really remember Christian Leitner, and I like his 30 for 30. I actually um, like the 30 for 30. I I honestly would say Grayson Allen. Couldn't stand him. Still can't stand him. Uh, that's fair. No, but the best thing, if you want to laugh, <laughs> you hate Kyle Singler, go watch the, the Gordon Hayward shot. It'll make you sad he missed it, but I can't remember who it is, but the but- Butler Center absolutely sets a devastating screen on oh, Singler yeah. to get, to get uh, Clocks Hayward free. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, you know, we were talking about game winners. Uh, the Sam Merrill shot on our uh, podcast from the bleachers with uh, with Scott Gerard, and yep. I, I asked him about that. And I just remember, like, it was the first time I've ever seen, like, in a college game, a game-winning shot at the buzzer or near the buzzer in my life. And when he hits that, <laughs> I thought it was short from my angle. So when he makes it, I scream. And you're not supposed to scream on Meteor Row. I just remember I lost my mind because I thought it was short. It's... So yeah, now I know how it feels like to you know, and now those UCLA Bruin poor fans they know they know how it feels. But hey, let me ask you, Mick Cronin has earned every penny of an extension, wouldn't you say? I mean, what what a fabulous job to take an eleven seeded team, first four team into the final four and be a half court buzzer beater away from being in the at least going to a double overtime, having a shot at a national championship. That's true. I mean, he was a Cincinnati coach that uh, the couple of those Cincinnati teams did really well. I think. Uh, I tell you, the Pac-12. I think for, I think a lot of people had it kind of relatively underwhelming, like kind of the, from the same curse the football teams I think suffer. But, whew! I mean that USC coach is the one from Slam Dunk U, the Florida Gulf Coast team. They made a crazy run. Oregon has been a solid team the last few years in the tournament. UCLA was really good. Um, there's some good teams there. I mean, uh, we'll see how it is because I think you got to kind of you can't have a one and done. Especially at a place like UCLA and USC, I'm kind of curious to see how they stack up next year. Because I would imagine Oregon's going to be good. I I would imagine Oregon State would be solid, but UCLA and USC are going to be really interesting because I think you would agree with me, Hunter. A lot of those guys probably Bolton, the Mobley brothers. I bet um, Juzang probably going as well. So I, I'm it's curious to see how they follow up their performance. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, Utah State men's basketball have got a new head coach, and he's got some history behind him, and he's got one thing that only one other Utah State coach in the last 30-something years has got. What is that, and who is it? It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Westwood One is your exclusive home for the 2021 NCAA Tournament. It's only fitting that a season unlike any other comes to a conclusion in the most unique circumstances. From 68 teams down to one, all in the same state. Every basket, buzzer beater, and bracket buster until a champion is crowned. Who will take home the title? Tune in to find out. All the excitement of March Madness right here. On Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. 
Les Olson Company realizes that having cutting-edge and dependable computer hardware enables the front line of your business to get the job done. They also help you play defense with the most sophisticated IT security products available. Create an all-star work environment with the latest IT products and best support and cash value. Les Olson Company's managed IT is there for you all the way. Les Olson IT. Visit lesolson.com to learn more. Ladies, have you ever felt bloated for no good reason? Pelvic pain or pressure? Too full, too fast, even if you're eating just a little bit? Not so unusual, right? But if you have any of these things and they go on for two weeks or longer, see a doctor. Because bloating, feeling too full too fast, and pelvic pain or pressure that doesn't go away can be signs of a gynecologic cancer, like cervical, ovarian, or uterine cancer. And if your periods are heavier or longer than usual, or you have bleeding after menopause, see a doctor right away. It may be nothing, but find out for sure. Learn the symptoms. Listen to your body. For more information about gynecologic cancers, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. That's 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from HHS and CDC's Inside Knowledge campaign. I'm Buddy Velastro. When I was 17, my dad died of lung cancer and didn't have any life insurance. I had to drop out of high school and work 18-hour days to keep the family bakery going. I know life insurance would have made a huge difference. Today, I own life insurance to protect my family, and you should too. A public service message from the Nonprofit Life Foundation. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Full Court Press here. AJ Knight, I'm Ajay Salas, and Eric's gone for the week. Uh, Utah State men's basketball has got a new leader at the helm, and it is going to be Ryan Odom. He's formerly of UMBC, also known as University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and that is, yes, the very same team. I messed that up, by the way. I couldn't remember what UMBC stood for. Oh, dude, you're not the first, and you won't so, be the last. So right? when he won, when he beat Virginia, I was like, what is that? University of Massachusetts, Boston College? What is that? Boston. <laughs> University of Maryland, Bridgerland College. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so he's got some ties to the place. Uh, he, uh, at UMBC, where he spent five years, he uh, coached three of the top four winning producing teams in school history, set a program record by winning 20-plus games in three consecutive seasons, including a school record 25 and 17 and 18, which is... The year that UMBC also had that incredible victory, one of the greatest upsets in NCAA tournament history, the 16 over the one seed, beating the Virginia Cavaliers and the Tony Bennett squad. This uh, interesting hire and a good hire. So let me ask you this. Okay. Well, I have two questions, but I, want to, I really wanted to ask you this first. So, okay. of course, he has the most significant upset of all time. Yes. Because we did that uh, when I was in here last week or whatever week with, with the uh-huh. intern Cody where we picked our biggest upsets, right? Yeah. So, but it was it was one win. They lost by seven to a Kansas State team the next round. To you, is it more impressive to have that win, beating the number one overall seed, the first 16 seed ever to do it, to have that, or let's say be Oral Roberts, who got to the second weekend and was that close to knocking off Arkansas? Which is more impressive to you? <sighs> okay, will you explain the options again? So the 16 over one win or what? 
to be like Oral Roberts this season and be the double-digit seed that not only won one game, but you got out of the first weekend because you won two. Oh, no, getting out of the first weekend. Let's see, that's what I thought, too. I don't yeah. want to take anything away from it. No, no, not at all. No, no, in no way are you. But, I mean, and we can ask our uh, listeners here on their Gil Mortgage text line. You can text in at 435-339-0321. And, again, I'm not taking anything away from what Coach Odom did. That's an, that's amazing. That's I mean, you're a 16 seed, and you have no right belonging on the same court as a one seed. At least that was the thought. And they won by 20. And now it's like a it's like a formality, like, hey, a 15 does beat a 2, a 13 does beat a 4. It's a tradition now, like unlike any other. But what Oral Roberts did, win the first two games and get out of the weekend, not just win one, but win two. And they were in that game with Arkansas. Oh, yes. 16. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. That's what I thought. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure. So no, I, you're good. I'm with you. So, the, but the, so... Not to make it sound like away, I think it's a great hire, and we'll get into this, but I wanted to ask you, Ajay, because I listened last week when you and Eric broke this down and you guys talked about a, a bunch of different different coaches. I don't remember this guy being mentioned. Uh, no. Um, can I be just, like, uh, forthcoming here for a yeah, bit? We're buds. So nobody's, I, nobody's even listening. Just pretend. I know, right? Nobody's <laughs> listening. We have, I mean, our text line is dead. We've had two texters, Leon Rose and Cody's friend. That's it. Uh, Cody himself. Cody, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, I heard his name come up a few times in private conversations. I was told, keep the name off the list. Like, don't, I mean, if you want to talk about it, I mean, but just Ajay, you and your keep secret, your mouth shut. You and your secret shut. meetings. So, I, so, there's information that I get, but I'm told, shut up. So, so I had heard his name. I didn't think anything of it because honestly, I was thinking it was Tim Miles. I really did. Ooh, that's a good question. Tim Miles, Tim Miles. from from uh, who's now going to be at San Jose State. By the way, this coaching lineup in the Mountain West Conference is getting really good. But Tim Miles, I believe Matino, which I don't. But no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a big deal. The Colorado State coach didn't go anywhere, right? Uh, he interviewed everywhere too. I mean, he was looking that's for huge. all sorts of jobs. That's a problem for every other Mountain West team yeah. not named Colorado State. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, Colorado State. Uh, this it's crazy because you have Tim Miles. Uh, I heard the uh, Rich Riley guy out of South Alabama. He was actually one of the final two candidates. He was in the running, and season. then didn't get the gig. Uh, obviously, obviously from Odom. Um, but Tim Miles was one I heard constantly. I mean, constantly heard of his name. Um, I thought maybe Eric Peterson had a chance. That was kind of brushed away pretty quickly since he went to Utah to be on Craig's staff. Uh, so yeah. So, and, and the other thing I have with it is now that Odom, who has never been a head coach on the Western side of the country, he has never been a head coach on this side. He now has to recruit differently. Yeah. Would you agree? <sighs> yes. Just because, I mean, now I on the Western side, you're looking at different guys. You're looking at different, you know, it's not close to home anymore in Maryland, Baltimore County. It's, you're in Utah. Yeah, yeah yes and no. I mean, yes, there's definitely, it's definitely yes. But I mean, that's the same for everything. Even Craig Smith going to Utah has to recruit differently than he'd had to at Utah State. Even yeah. though he moved just like 80 miles south. So yeah, I would agree. The biggest thing to me that it impresses me, and and some we'll see, because sometimes I think you and I got into this a little bit in the podcast. You and I've gotten to this a little bit on Full Court Press. 
Like, uh, one of the things that's interesting is where is your ceiling in terms of what you can manage? Because with, like, Brad Stevens in the NBA, his ceiling to me looks like he can't manage stars. Yeah. He can't do it. So the question will be, all right, so Odom took a program that no one's ever heard of. It had never had a postseason win. He gave it the greatest upset of all time. They set the school record with the wins, the twenty-three season, uh, three seasons of 20 straight wins, the 25, blah, blah, blah. So he, is, he can build a program. But now, can he maintain a program? Yeah, and that's gonna be, because you got some talent coming back: Marco, Raleigh, Berstow, Shulga, uh, Dorius, uh, Shimon Zapala, the other, another big man from who's foreign, but he's really good. He's got great passing skills. Mm. You've got some bench, you got some depth, and you've got so now you got your coach hit that transfer portal. I mean, if you got guys in the transfer portal who you think you could bring over here who can recruit. I mean, you got to dive into that thing immediately. You're already behind the eight ball just a little bit in the Mountain West Conference because yeah. we're still looking for a head coach until now. Uh, Cody text in, by the way. Cody, you should be driving home, <laughs> not just sitting on your phone texting. Text to drive if that's what you're doing, Cody. But I did research on this guy last week for you, AJ. Oh, so now I got to deal with two people that are like, oh, oh I knew about oh, this. I yeah. knew they were going to hire oh, no, Odom before they even hired Don't give Cody any credit. Don't give Cody any no, that's, credit. That's right for both of you. I knew they no. were going to hire Ryan Odom before no, they hired Chris I didn't know. I just heard his name. I didn't know if they were going to hire yeah, him or not. AJ in a super secret backroom meetings where he's sitting there, wink, wink. I, I think we should get this Odom guy. All right, AJ, just don't say anything on your show. All right, you got it. Sam, don't say anything on your show. <laughs> All right. Uh, just, I think he's a good coach. I mean, I, I'm kind of curious to see. I think... I think you can see the elevation of the program from the standpoint of like, so when Craig Smith got hired, nobody knew who he was. Oh, no. You knew he won a few titles, but you're like, can you win in the bigs? Yeah. And so I think they, I think uh, obviously the, the hiring staff for Utah State kind of went the same way, but you can kind of see it because I, I don't think Odom's a household name because I, I had to look it up first. Um, but I definitely, I think, has raised the profile. And I think they, they clearly felt confident going kind of a similar route with someone who's still building as a coach as opposed to, like, Miles, who I think is a more name. And I, I don't know. That's that's still a that, – he was okay at, at Nebraska. so But you know what I mean? Like, he's still kind of flushing out his career. Uh, you said we had a good question. I yes, I got you. So, uh, 9973, this is back to what you and I were talking about UCLA, but they expanded on it. So, 9973 says, uh, how do you evaluate a coach as a bad regular season but then gets hot and makes the tournament? Example, Patrick Ewing. He was not great at Georgetown until their last six games. Do you extend them? Do you evaluate your options? Do you praise them for making the tournament? Oh, that's uh, 9463. Uh, let's see. How do you? Yeah, sorry, 9463. How do you evaluate a coach who had a bad regular season but then gets hot? Oh, man, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I think it's like, for example, Oregon State's guy today who was on the brink of getting canned, he just got a four-year extension. He got a four-year extension I think, today. I think ultimately tournament success trumps the regular season. Sure, and it should too. Like if you can win, a, but at the same time, like I look at Wyoming's coach who had been there for a few years, and then last year in the Mount West Conference tournament, he got hot, and then they beat Nevada. They gave who uh, they beat somebody. I think Air Force, and then all of a sudden they're playing us in a semifinal in a late game, and like we're thinking we're gonna run away with this thing in the first half. We're we're up by like six. At half. We're all right, we're gonna turn it around second half. We're down by one in the second half to Wyoming. I mean, it is all about getting right at the hot at the right time, but you gotta be consistent in the regular season. I, I think part of it, like so I think in that case, it's that they were just so bad they decide I think they'd already made their decision the the 
AD and the athletic department as a whole for Wyoming. They're going to move on. But part of it, I think, is you have to be – the coach has to be at least treading water in the regular season. They're like, okay, so this is something to, we could build on. Like, yeah. I think that's how you have to look at it. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Because I think we, in Ajay and I's podcast, uh, Shaka Smart was somebody that came up. Oh, yeah. Um, as somebody, because uh, I, th- I can't remember who it was. I really, I keep quoting it all the time, but I really need, so I really need to go back and figure out who it was. But one of the experts we had on our podcast said that he thought Shaka Smart, if it wasn't for COVID, wouldn't have coached at Texas this past year. And then he said, look at what he's done. And then they won the Big 12 tournament with a little bit of help from Kansas having to pull out because of COVID. And then they got upset in the first round, and Shaka Smart, I think, saw the writing on the wall, and he's like, <laughs> I'm going to Marquette. See ya. <laughs> and then they hired Chris Beard, and what is the weirdest betrayal of all time that okay. I don't think Hey, in fact, in, in 2197, actually, let's get to his text first. Um, so first, Leon Rose text in, I think Audrey knows way more than he wants to Facts. tell. That is my job. Facts. Yes. I'm told something, I'm not allowed to say it. Assistants chosen will be huge factors in recruiting. This is from 2197. Maybe they will eventually actually recruit Utah kids and JUCOs. That's a great point. Uh, as far as I know, Brandon Ubell is going to Utah. Curran Walsh is going to Utah. Eric Peterson's already at Utah. I don't know about Justin Johnson. I would like to see, and this is just me, but I'd like to see Coach Odom keep Ace, which is also Austin Hansen, and Dave Raglan. Absolutely, positively for those for sure. Keep those two guys. I think they are phenomenal. I would like to see them get a, keep their jobs. Um, Austin can recruit with the best of them. David just needs an opportunity. From what I have been told, Rags wasn't getting much of an opportunity from Coach Smith. In regards of game planning, scouting, and such, he just wasn't getting the chance. I'd like to see him get that chance, a full opportunity from Coach Odom, and see what he does with it. That could be a really, really good stuff. That's a great text from 2197. Well, you would think, well, let's see. So in my vast amount of coaching experience. Yes, a lot. Uh, if I was to move to the state of Utah just because of how different it is because of missions and stuff like that, I'd imagine part of that is unless you're here for a long time, you got to kind of get into the cycle because, of course, you're not really recruiting for this year, recruiting for three years from now. But I would think, and again, I would think if there's someone there that you thought, and I would imagine there would be some exit interviews or intro interviews with the new coach, with the current assistants, you find someone you like. Obviously, I think it would be big in terms of um, continuity. If you, if you, if there was an assistant you trusted to keep him on staff, but again, you know, the other thing is, is that Odom's had success with who he's had, so I'm sure he's going to bring as much of his staff as he can. Yeah, and, and that's the other part is how much of the staff comes with him, um, and maybe some assistants want to stay. Maybe the assistant ends up being the head coach. That's always a consideration yeah. which is very which could be very possible after five years there that an assistant can be the head coach when you're there that long you groom your assistants to be a head coach and and maybe that's the uh maybe that's the area they look so uh yeah who knows that's that's a great question 2197 and and, and jucos is the way to go but then i mean that transfer portal is loaded this year i mean yes. loaded take advantage because take advantage of it because there are opportunities where they're eligible immediately I would eat that up in a heartbeat to get something that's going to work out for you uh, in regards of what, I mean, if a kid can play within the system, whatever that system's going to be, we don't know what the offensive system's going to be like. Um, but from when I saw at UMBC, they love to run and they love to go. Yeah. And, well, the other thing is, too, I think that, that you've started to see some coaches um, use the uh, transfer market a little bit more because I think – 
as opposed to just flat out counting on recruiting because you can kind of evaluate, right? You know what a player is. It's one of the things mm-hmm. they said about, uh, and you would know, I'm, uh, was a Muscleman, right? It's at Arkansas. Yep. And then Oates is at Alabama. It was all over the place because those two, uh, Alabama got to the Sweet 16. Of course, Arkansas had lost to Baylor in the Elite Eight. But they're talking about that. Those two really hit the transfer market hard. And it makes sense because you have players that you can kind of, uh, you already have a little bit of evaluation on, so I'm probably easier to project with them. But they said one of the big reasons for their turnaround is, is because they hit the transfer market so hard. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of kids who hit it hard this year, too. I mean, as soon as they found out that they'd be eligible immediately, they hit it. Here's the thing, so though. Many kids. Just because you're going to be eligible immediately doesn't mean you're going to play immediately. You might get there, and they're going to say, hey, look, like we're just full at this spot. There's no way. Some guys are going to be laying, just lingering in the portal, portal because they are like, no team needs them right now. Nobody needs them on their team. And they want to go to big-time colleges, big-time universities with a prestige history, but there's just no room. I mean, that's, I think, an area It's happened you, a lot, too. It's an area where Utah State, I think, I mean, playing time is always going to be king, right? Usually when people want to transfer, they want to, they want to win and they want to play. Well, Utah State, I think, definitely needs some help up, up front. And frankly, I think we, we would agree that uh, someone that could really boogie on somebody and get to, the, get to the cup is necessary, too. So if I'm Coach Odom, look, we need a starting center. Give you 25, 35 minutes, somewhere in 25 to 35 minutes a night. We need a starting guard, one of them, point guard, off guard, whoever. <laughs> we need someone who could score. Here's 25 to 30 minutes. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, we'll uh, get into more of the sports world today. Again, uh, national semifinal tonight, or national championship tonight. That's at 7.20 Mountain Time, which means that's a 9.20 start in Indianapolis. That is crazy. And so we'll have the pregame here. We'll have the game here on this very station. No jazz broadcast tonight due to the national championship game. They play the Mavericks in about 15 minutes. We're going to get into some of the preview of that actually here coming up next, all on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Salveson. Eric! Because I knew you'd read it. When you exit the show, you leave the show for the day. (laughs) You do not text into the show while you're at your boy's birthday party. He's like, hey, Dad, we take a photo? Uh, no, really busy texting into the Full Court Press right now. They were late. I was sitting in the lobby. I had to do something. (laughs) So you text our show. You are grounded. You are absolutely grounded. Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. This is Dan Johnson. Working in education for more than 40 years, I've seen the devastating impacts that domestic violence has on our community, and I am so grateful for CAPSA. CAPSA's programs are the best in the state, and I have seen how CAPSA helps families escape abuse, heal from trauma, and build new lives. CAPSA demonstrates successful private-public partnerships and the critical need for non-governmental organizations. When you know CAPSA, you know hope. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, the Hearing Aid Center, and now Ascent Aesthetics are in the New Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette, along with the entire staff, look forward to helping your family. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, along with the Allergy Clinic, the Hearing Aid Center, and now Ascent Aesthetics, now in two locations, the Cache Valley Hospital and Providence. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for more details. That's CacheValleyENT.com. 
You've worked hard, you've paid your dues, but now you're paying over $1,700 a year in Medicare. That was me, until a friend told me about BenefitsCheckup.org, a free website from the National Council on Aging. It helped me sign up for the Medicare Savings Program, and now those dollars are back in my pocket, giving me some peace of mind during COVID-19. BenefitsCheckup.org, you've earned this. This message is supported by the Administration for Community Living. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Full Court Press, wrapping up the first hour. AJ Adam, Ajay Salison, thanks for joining us, however and wherever you are doing so. Jazz Mavericks tonight. Should be a good one. Jazz, uh, this is a big, 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 big stretch for them in a lot of ways because these two games are versus playoff teams. Uh, one of them is just nipping on their heels uh, in the Phoenix Suns. And, of course, this Dallas Mavericks team is not too shabby themselves, but they are missing a key cog tonight as Kristaps Porzingis has been rolled out Shocker. in tonight's game. Yeah, you're not too surprised there, huh? Look, I, I, I liked the trade initially, but, man, maybe the Knicks were right. This guy just can't stay healthy. The other thing is, too, man, what a disappointment because, like, everyone is, is crowned, and I'm not saying he's not talented, don't get me wrong, but everyone's saying if Lucas stays healthy, He's going to be potentially a top three scorer in his career because he's so young and he's so good offensively already. Uh-huh. But, man, after that showing they had against the Clippers last year, everybody's like, all right, this team's going to take a step forward. They're in the exact same spot. Yeah, they haven't moved at all. And, really, that is because of Chris Tapsworthingis just not staying healthy. Dallas 11-10 at home, 27-21 overall. Jazz are 38-11. and That is just bonkers. Here's 38 a stat 11, for you, by the way. 15-9 at home or our, on the road. Our good friend Mr. Olsen tweeted this. That Jazz are 22-7 against current playoff teams. 3-0 against Memphis. 2-0 Dallas. 1-0 Portland. 1-0 Lakers. 2-0 versus Charlotte. 2-0 Boston. 2-0 Atlanta. 2-0 Milwaukee. 1-1 Denver. 2-1 Clippers. 0-1 Phoenix. 1-1 versus Miami, New York, Brooklyn, and Philly. So the Jazz are 16 and 6 in conference matchups. They're 20 and 4 against teams under 500 right now, which this team is 6 games over 500, but it's the third time they've met this season. Previous matchups have gone to the Jazz 116-104 and 120-101. Uh, again, this game is really huge for just a lot of ways. A you want some momentum as you get ready to go to play Phoenix. They've got Houston, a very lowly Houston team. Inside the Toyota Center. That's what I'm Boy, they have just been horrible, haven't Make they? Make you imagine who's so Houston. Oh, this, man. this is how Houston season's working out, right? So they're they're terrible. Oh, geez. But they have Brooklyn's picks, but Oklahoma City has Houston's, <laughs> Houston's picks. picks yeah. Oklahoma City's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Trade Victor Oladipo. That's great. Keep going. Keep it coming. And then, by the way, what's interesting about these teams playing today, oh, let's see, not playing tonight. Uh, or playing tonight is that they'll play each other. Houston, or it's not Houston, Phoenix and Utah will play each other on Wednesday. It's I believe. One. Is that right? Yeah, Wednesday. It's a big one. Uh, and if that game on national, if that game's on national television, I'm gonna hurt somebody's feelings. Let me check. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It is. Holy crap! ESPN and NBA actually put something together. Pull their crazy. head out of their butts. That's crazy because the the whole holy cow the whole thing that I feel like I've heard from. 
from national media. It's like everyone's like, oh, the Jazz and the Suns are the top two seeds. Eh, whatever. Yeah, Clippers and Lakers are when still going to win it all. When is come back? Hey, when Anthony gets back, they're going to be the world champions. Uh, Utah, Phoenix on Wednesday night will be a 8 o'clock start mountain time on ESPN. I would imagine that's going to be called by Mike, uh, Mike uh, Breen and Jeff Van Gundy. I would imagine that's uh, going to be the call. Yay. It's either him or Mark. Wait, you're not a big Mike Breen fan? Uh, really? I, I like Breen. Van Gundy's a Oh, he's got to be kidding me. You don't like Van Gundy? He's a little bit Gundy? of a blowhard. Oh. He's not the worst. Don't get me wrong. But he's a little bit of a blowhard. Really? A little bit. I'm a big fan of Van Gundy. Tell you what, he needs to talk to his brother. His brother's ruining the Pelicans. Oh, dude, yeah. His we brother, can agree on that for sure. Yeah, I don't know what his brother's ruining more. His own his that, own health or the Pelicans? That, that was a terrible hire. and they need. I, to, that still doesn't make sense. That hire is just so out they there. They need to fire him right now. Uh, 6328 asked a question. Is it a good thing that Utah Jazz are flying under the radar this year? Um, oh, man. I think it was. I think it's more they're being bullied by the national media. I, I got to say that. I was going to say, I think it's inevitable, right? They were going to be treated this way until they do something in the postseason. So I don't think it matters what happens. I think they could be 49 and 0 as opposed to 38 and 11. I think they'd be like, well, it doesn't matter unless they went in the playoffs. Which is fair. I just, I don't know. That's, that's the NBA, though. NBA is still, the, the players are still, um, drawn to the huge markets you don't really see that in anything else right baseball not really the case everybody can pay you uh football it's definitely not the case it's where you can make money and win but base basketball is still the big markets get it and uh i i've i've just maintained aj aj got a lot of flack for telling eric that if the lakers are fully healthy do you take the lakers yeah hello which I agree with. I totally agree with. And I would agree that if LeBron and AD come back healthy, they could be the 10th seed and they could win all the play-in games and blah, 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 blah. But I do think there's something to be said about potentially home court advantage when we finally get to the postseason. And two, the matchups. Because if you're the Lakers, right, they're sitting at five right now, which means they'd have to go to Denver, which is not easy. And then they'd have to go to Utah, which is not easy. And then they would probably play the winner of the Suns and the Clippers, which is not easy. And the West is definitely tougher. But if you're the Jazz, I think you just want to avoid the Clippers and Lakers as long as possible. Oh, yeah. That, that's your goal, right? You're still hoping that the Lakers and Clippers run into each other and they have a slugfest in the second round. Yeah. In fact, I was reading something. Okay. So, here's assuming Utah slips to, to uh, 62% for its last 23 games and finishes at 52-20. and 20. That's assuming. Here's what would need to happen. The Suns would need to go 18 and 6 to tie. The Clippers and Nuggets will have to go 19 and 2 to tie. Nope. The Lakers would have to lose one of their 22 games to tie. Nope. The Blazers would have to go 22 and 1 to tie, and the Mavericks and anybody below them cannot catch the Jazz. That's incredible. I got to tell you what, right now, if you could just end the playoffs right now, I I think it's very favorable for the Jazz cuz the Jazz would get so I know they got the playing game, so who knows? But right now, if you just kept took one through eight, the Jazz would get the Grizzlies, which I would absolutely take. Because I think the Jazz would would handle them quickly because they're still just crazy young. The Mavericks would play the Suns, which I think would be an amazing series. The Trailblazers would go to the Clippers. I gotta be honest, if if McCollum and, and uh Dollar Dame are healthy, the Clippers unless they figure it out how to lock in, which I don't think so, that's a great series. And the Lakers have to go slug it out with the Nuggets. Then the Lakers would have to play the Suns. If you just take chalk here. Uh, if you say the Lakers beat the Nuggets, then the Lakers have to go play the Jazz, excuse me, and the Clippers have to play the Suns. 
I don't care for that part, but I think that Denver series against against L.A. with Jokic, whoo, yeah. buddy. Yep. I'm I don't care. Totally with you. Andre Drummond. Absolutely I, with Jokic you. Jokic is going to wear him inside <laughs> and out. All right, so here are the games for tonight. It's Minnesota-Indiana. That begins here in just a few minutes, as does Boo. Washington and Orlando. New York's Boo. at Boston at 530. That one's not bad. Boston New Orleans stinks. is at Brooklyn, and that's on ESPN. That one's interesting. Wait, no, sorry. That's Wait, that's not. Jeez, what the fetch? Okay, sorry. Ajay's inventing games for you. Those are, are Wednesday you games. No, stop it. Those are Wednesday. Stop it. Those are Wednesday's games. Okay, tonight's games. Washington at Toronto here in a few Boo. minutes. New York's at Brooklyn. I like that one. New York needs to. They got a little edge to them. I like it. Uh, Utah's at Dallas. Sacramento's at Minnesota. Detroit Boo. at Oklahoma City. Boo. Cleveland's at San Antonio. Jeez, can we get a good game? Yeah, Phoenix is at Houston. That's your, that's your NBA what? night. Snoozer. Yeah, bunch of them are. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap up the first hour of the Full Court Press. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. Engagement season is in full swing, and Jarek's Fine Jewelry has been helping hundreds of couples find the perfect ring. If you are getting engaged, you have to come browse our collections. Sometimes you may find the perfect ring in just a minute, or we can help you custom create your own design. Oh, and with Mother's Day almost here, talk to us about designing the perfect mother's ring. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Our business has been family-owned and operated since 1970. We encourage you to shop local, and we promise you'll experience the Daryl's difference with us. Don't forget, we guarantee the lowest price on Whirlpool and Maytag appliances. We also offer financing on all appliances. Remember, shop local for the best-selling appliances in the business, Whirlpool and Maytag. Plus, you always get Daryl's outstanding service, Daryl's West on Airport Road. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, Jay Knight, I'm Ajay South here on the Full Court Press. Coming up in second hour, we'll recap the big news. Utah State men's basketball's got a new head coach. It's Ryan Odom from UMBC, but will he fit? We'll give our analysis some more. Utah Jazz playing the Mavericks. We'll give updates throughout. The game will not be airing on this station due to the fact that we have the national championship. Baylor Gonzaga. AJ and I will give our preview keys and predictions to it. Oh, boy. And, <laughs> and of course, Major League Baseball's got their first weekend of opening uh, or some opening weekend underway. We'll look at some of the uh, key storylines that uh, comes through the weekend. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Analysts can break down every aspect of a basketball matchup. Which team shoots better? Who's got the defensive edge? Which has the deeper bench? But there's one thing you can't measure. How a team reacts to pressure. We know Gonzaga is a great team, but until Saturday, we didn't know how they would play when their backs were against the wall. The undefeated Zags had really only one game that ended within single digits, and that was back in December. They won their regular season games by an average of 23 points. But UCLA had them on the ropes on Saturday night. The Bruins had been playing in tight games all tournament long, but Gonzaga wasn't affected by the weight of trying to become the first undefeated team since Indiana in 1976. They absorbed every punch UCLA threw and came away with big plays at just the right time in the final minutes in overtime. Now we know Gonzaga can win in a dogfight, which they might have to do again tonight in the national title game against Baylor. Should be fun. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. This team. The Eggies, the Jazz, the high schools, 
If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, welcome back. It's AJ Nadam, AJ Salveson here. The second hour of the Full Court Press. 501, your kickoff time. Hope you're uh, having a good day on Monday. Uh, if you're getting in your car and just joining us, we've got a lot to get through with you, and hopefully you can be willing to participate in our show. 435-339-0321 is how you text. And again, 435-339-0321 is how you text in on our Gil Mortgage text line. Which, by the way, Gill Mortgage has access to all loan products and can tailor the perfect loan to you. Regardless of whether you are a first-time home buyer, investor, new construction, or a seasoned home buyer, Gill Mortgage and Karen Hills will ensure your loan is correct and closes on time. 435-294-2480 is how you get a hold of them. And now to text into the show, 435-339-0321. A lot to touch on, a lot to get to. Uh, Utah Jazz Mavericks are underway. Game's not airing on this station because... The national championship is uh, in about two hours and 20 minutes. Tip-off is uh, scheduled for, at least, uh, with Gonzaga and Baylor. We'll have our preview keys and predictions. And then um, we'll also get to uh, some jazz updates as we go along the way. But, of course, biggest news that comes from Cash Valley belongs to the Utah State men's basketball team who have hired Ryan Odom, formerly of UMBC. Yes, that UMBC who upset Virginia three years ago in the NCAA tournament. Is now headed to Utah for his first head coaching job in the western side of the states. Uh, I was told that the candidates were down to uh, it was Richie Riley of South Alabama and, of course, uh, Mr. Odom. And uh, Odom gets the gig and he gets the nod. I, I think this is a great hire. I think he's had a lot of success. Um, he can coach well. I like I like his offense. I like the pace he runs at with the offense. And if they can become a good defensive team, then Boy, this this could be a good basketball team under under a great coach. I I mean I think so. The, to me, the biggest question is, can he maintain a program uh, as opposed to build a program? Because that was kind of his role at UMBC. He took a program that had you know no postseason wins. Uh, you know he set a record for three straight seasons of twenty plus wins. They had twenty five wins. He won a share of the American East uh, regular season title this past season. Um, and so that's the biggest question, but I mean, I think it's a, it's definitely a hire that makes complete sense to me. He's won a, he's won a game. He has the biggest upset in tournament history, so he can he's gotten a team there that has a real, real long shot to get there in any given season, and he made the most of it. And so, obviously, the questions I think are kind of similar because because Utah State's in a good place. Can he take Utah State from where it is and raise it as opposed to, um building because you don't have to build it from the ground up it's not like the job came open because the program's bad the job came open because the program's good and the coach bounced for a better opportunity and then of course recruiting and and all that and coaching at a higher level but those are going to be questions every time you have a hire like this so in regards to Riley Odom his bio is as uh AJ mentioned it's 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 decent three straight 21 seasons not a lot of pressure was put on him at UMBC though I mean when you come into a program that has been bottom of the heap and then all you have to do is win a few games, not a lot of pressure, but he absolutely exceeded those expectations 
in a, in a huge way. And as you mentioned, that big NCAA tournament win just three years ago. Now, prior to his time at uh, UMBC, he was an assistant coach at Charlotte for five years, uh, served one year as the interim head coach for the final 19 games. Uh, he also helped the 49ers earn a bid to the postseason NIT. Prior to that, he spent seven years on the coaching staff at Vautech as an assistant was part of the Hokies team that earned a birth to the NCAA tournament in 2007 and beat Illinois in the first round. He was also an assistant coach at American for three years, uh, UNC Asheville for a year, Furman for two years, and administrative assistant at South Florida in the 96-97 season. So he's kind of seen it all. But again, he's never been on the west side of the states, man. Like this is really, this really is his first time, which is incredible. By the way, his his dad is David Odom, who retired in 2008 as a head coach of South Carolina, and that guy was the SEC Coach of the Year uh, while at South Carolina in 2004, ACC Coach of the Year in 91 and 94 and 95 while at Wake Forest. So there's some experience there. I'd imagine. I'd imagine he'll have dad's ear as well. Which oh yeah, are you kidding me? Hurt. I like that, and I I know that this is this is a bad term, but I, I'm gonna re- I don't think so. But I like that Utah State is treating I like the athletic department is treating the job as a stepping stone job. Yeah, and I, and I loved what Hartwell said a week ago, two week, I don't know what two weeks ago when he said, "Look, if I did a survey with fans and said, would you rather have three consistent years of winning and NCAA tournament appearances?" and then have your coach leave, or have mediocre play for six, seven years, which one would you choose? Oh, you're taking the three NCAA yeah. appearances, and you're saying, hey, look, coach, we get it. you got to move on. See you later. Thanks for all you did. I completely agree. I once interviewed for a company, um, and uh, I interviewed for the guy, and the guy said something to me that I think really is, you would think is common sense, but uh, I feel like in the workplace it's not, and I think it totally applies to Utah State. He said, he said look, here's the deal. We hope you get a better job because we realize we're not the biggest of, of markets you could go to. And he said, if you, got a, if you got a better job, it means you probably did some pretty good things here that we benefited from. And ideally, you raised, you raised the level of our performance so that the next candidate we can bring in after you is great. Now, we hope it doesn't happen for a few years, but if it, if it happens, it happens, and it means it's good things for both of us. It's mutually beneficial. And that's the same thing here. Yeah, it stinks, and honestly, it's. I think it's a credit to Mr. Hartwell because it puts the pressure on him because that means he's got to, if it's three years and out or whatever, just as an example, he's got to nail it every three years. But to his point, it it, it means that uh, you, you open yourself up, I think, to higher quality candidates um, because you definitely have raised, ideally, if, they, if the next coach picks up or the last one left off, you're raising it a little bit at a time, and it's successful, and that's... Bottom line, that's what you're asking that's what for. What you're right? supposed to. I yeah. mean, Craig Smith did what you hope to achieve: win the Mountain West tournament, compete reg- in the regular season, get to the NCAA tournament. Check, check, and check. Absolutely. No, and and I agree. And and Ryan Odom, I think, brings a good vibe, lots of energy. He's had success, and I think a new challenge after five years at UMBC is going to be really good for him. It's a breath of fresh air. It's a new area. I mean, literally a new area. He's in the west side of the states. It's going to transfer a new challenge of recruiting, new team to coach, and a new conference where, I mean, it's being built with new coaches right now. We got, And by the way, there is rumor that Tim Miles is going to San Jose State, which is, I mean, bonkers because now you've got a former Colorado State coach is now at San Jose State. you got Richard Patino who's in New Mexico, Kevin Cougar at uh, UNLV, uh, and now you've got uh, Ryan Odom 
at Utah State. We are all over the place in the Mountain West Conference. It's, it's going to create some fun. It's a good collection of coaches. Again, it's a, it's a good conference. Frankly, I, honestly, as someone who's not from the Mountain West footprint, I would say you know, last year, um, or not last year, the year before, right? the Mountain West held their own against a ton of Power 5 teams in football. Mm-hmm. We've seen what this basketball team could do. San Diego State's regularly a powerhouse. Utah State has been there with Craig Smith. We had some teams here and there. It's a good conference. Outside the Power Five, I guess, which, whichever way you want to look at it, whether it's it's football, basketball, or both, I think it's one of the best group of five conferences in athletics. And I think it, uh, it, I think it suffers a little bit of the West Coast thing because look at the Pac-12. They are a Power Five, and they still can't even get any respect. So I think it suffers a little bit of that, but it is a good, a good conference in athletics. Absolutely. So again, Ryan Odom is the new head coach for Utah State men's basketball. What a what a great find that is from John Hartwell, who does it again in regards of hires. He just he continually does a great job. And I know people are they're bagging on Kayla R for the women's team in in her first year. Like that is unreal to me that people are bagging on Coach Kayla R after one year of basketball. Hey, you're supposed to take a bottom of the feeder program and win a Mountain West Conference championship in a year. Let's get realistic, can we? I mean. It- Let's let's. I agree with. It. For the record, I completely agree with you, AJ. But Craig Smith kind of screws up those timelines. I know. Yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, God bless that man's heart. I love him to death. But coach, you set the standard way too high. Yeah. But here's the thing: is that program, the men's basketball program, was not in as bad a shape as the women's basketball program was. Right. You still had Sam Merrill. You still had a couple of key guys. You bring up Justin Bean. Um. But I mean, what Kill Art had to deal with in her first year, and with it being COVID. Yeah, let's like. How about we give her a little bit of a break? Quit bagging on her. It's kind of getting annoying. Give her a chance, will you? I mean, let's let's see what next year looks like. So, uh, again, uh, Ryan Odom is new uh, head men's basketball coach. A presser. It will be announced tomorrow. So we'll have a presser tomorrow with Mr. Hartwell, and then we'll play that audio for you so you can hear from Coach Odom and Mr. Hartwell uh, on the official announcements. But uh, good for them. Happy for them. That's a. Uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. I think I think uh, John Hartwell hit out of the fence. I think the football hire was great. Oh, the football is, hire was awesome. And I'm starting really to fall more and more hire. in love with that staff right now with what they've got. Like, I, I think, as Hartwell says, like, I, I love what the head coach is doing. He might have had an inkling of thought of, this guy could put together a good staff. Because as good as your head coach is, your staff makes you better. Yeah. And he's got a great head coaching staff. I mean, or, I mean great coaching staff that's going to – do a lot of wonders for this football team, and it's got a lot of these kids excited to get back on the field after a year. Of I think just- Utah State should be really happy after dismissing one coach and losing another. I think both the, the basketball and, and football hires were great hires. We're spot-on hires, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, again, the Utah Jazz are playing currently right now. They are about three – nope, excuse me, six seconds into the game. I thought it was three minutes. It's six seconds in the game. Zero-zero. Nobody scored it's anyone's yet. game. <laughs> It's a tie game, so if you took the over, you're, you're done for. You're absolutely. Is that how it goes? You took the over. It's zero zero six seconds. Oh, in. Jazz are up two nothing. Game over. <laughs> my grandpa used to do that. I would go over to the. I go to his house. Um, God rest his soul. Him, and my grandma. They're big Jazz fans, and I go to the house and I Tracy McGrady would hit a three for Houston, and my grandpa turned me. Oh, it looks like we can't stop him tonight. My grandma would just lose her freaking mind. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> the game just started. <laughs> I mean, and it was That's a tradi- my, it was a tradition. Actually, every time you go, you do on that. that same subject, one of my favorite stats. <laughs> this is so stupid. One of my favorite things is when a player hits a home run, 
in the first game of baseball season because then someone inevitably tweets out, well, he's on pace to hit 162 home runs this year. <laughs> okay, so I've done that in video games where I'm like, I'm, you know, I have like Ken Griffey Jr. or something like, hey, if I hit a home run every single game, I'm going to hit 162 home oh, that's runs. That's my favorite stat. And then I finish with like 24 and I'm livid. I'm like, how do you, come on, Ken Griffey. Uh, how do you You're you? overrated. <laughs> overrated, I'm telling you. Uh, again, Chris Tapps Porzingis is not playing tonight. Shocker for the Mavericks. Uh, AJ is not surprised by that twenty-seven and twenty-one of the I Mavericks. Mean, has he really been healthy since Dallas acquired him? Because no. he was hurt when Dallas traded for him. No, not really. And he hasn't been that productive either. Utah Jazz thirty-eight and eleven on the season so far. Um, oh, and by the way, six three two eight texted in. You convinced me, AJ, betting it all on the Jazz to win it all. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, I'm, I bet I bet a good chunk of change tonight on the Baylor Bears, um, and I'm not <laughs> super calm. I'm, feel, I'm feeling it because I didn't just be like, yeah, whatever. But uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on the Jazz quite yet. Conference finals, if you're feeling risky, maybe. If you're feeling risky? Maybe. Look, look, I love the Jazz. I think they're a good team. I think it's unfair. The national medium, specifically Nick Wright, is treating them. However... Until we see him do it, we got to see him do it. Look, I'm talking to the guy who made the argument, like, what, a month ago? Be like, this team stinks. Knock it down. Put up a parking lot. Because we saw them cave against Denver. Hey, what happened with Paul Pierce? I don't know. What did he do? Uh, I he's, missed it if he did something. ESPN has let him go. And there's rumors that he may have uh, put a video out live that was not good. He has such a tiny ego, man. Sorry. He has such a large ego, and he's, like, super defensive about it. He's constantly making his his case about how he's one of the best. And, I mean, he's good. Okay, so according to thespun.com, uh, on Friday night, Pierce posted videos of him surrounded by exotic dancers on Instagram Live. Even though the Instagram Live videos don't automatically save on someone's account, multiple people recorded the live stream and shared it on older other social media platforms. Now that Pierce's videos have made their way to Twitter, a considerable amount of NBA players have seen what the former Boston Celtics forward was up to Friday night. Some players even share their thoughts on the situation. Uh, Oops. Oh, boy. Okay, so wait. So wait. What did he do wrong, though? He just had exo- exotic dancers at his house? Yeah, I remember. It? ESPN's a Disney company. That's it? Because James Harden was like hanging out with strippers without a mask or at a strip club, and... James Harden doesn't work for you. And then Kevin Durant made incredibly derogatory comments to Kevin DeHart doesn't Kevin Hart. A Kevin media Durant, guy. Kevin Durant does not work for ESPN. And he gets fined fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, but he's an NBA basketball player. Yeah, but you're I'm not saying that what they did was right. I'm telling just you. He works for a Disney that's company. A huge difference. Paul Pierce works for ESPN. Frank, again, Paul Pierce isn't great. So honestly, this is not a huge loss if I'm ESPN, to be honest. I don't think he's good. He's constantly defending himself and it's obnoxious. Uh, yep. I mean, I'm watching the video. Pierce is either high or drunk out of his mind to be filming this, first of all. Yes. But, um, <laughs> if he wasn't working for Disney, if he was working for, like, Fox Sports, they'd be like, hey, let's throw it on Twitter account. Let's throw it on official Twitter account. PP, hanging out. I don't know about that. But he he says, uh, says, Paul Pierce woke up $100,000 down with 12 voicemails from ESPN <laughs> Human Resources. <laughs> oh. Whoops. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not good. 
The truth getting out. Look, even when it comes to exotic dancers, he's nowhere near as close to James Harden. James Harden's jersey's hanging up in Houston because he blew a million dollars in one <laughs> night. So, I mean, you're still not great, Paul Hey, Pierce. yeah, and that was because he was at a rapper's birthday party, right? And he, like, gave him, like, a bunch of whatever he says. or something. Watches. Whatever James Harden says. Oh, my God. There's an interesting study on Reddit, and let me just say the study dictates that James Harden plays better the worse the night entertainment is in a major city. Seen it. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's, man. It's been matched with statistics. Oh, hey, speaking of one more topic of NCAA uh, basketball coaches, how about Hubert Davis getting hired by UNC? He'll, be the, he'll be the first black coach, uh, first black head coach at UNC in its school history. Man, that's kind of nuts to think. I mean, I guess, you know, because Roy Williams was there forever and Dean Smith was there forever. I don't, what, what do you think? I, I, I kind of get – that's one thing college basketball has that kind of uh, – like, I, you did the same thing. Like, the staying in the family thing, it's kind of overrated to me. Really? Yeah, because, like, they're, oh, stay in the family. Okay. In in Juwan Howard's case, I kind of got it because he was a Michigan legend. Sure. He had a really long NBA career. Yes. And then he had, he had coaching experience because he was on the bench in the NBA. To me, that added up. Okay, I'm on board because he's got, he's got name recognition at the school. He's got recognition with the kids because he was a pro. Who doesn't know the Fab Five? And he actually has coaching experience. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. A lot of people are talking about how, obviously, the reason Roy Williams decided to retire is he couldn't keep up in the way the recruiting game is now because of of constantly recruiting transfers and trying to prevent your kids from transfer. And that they said they were going to keep him in-house. Guy's been on the staff. We'll see. I mean, you ain't going to get a lot of leeway at UNC, especially in the ACC, which I know is kind of down this year. But Amen. It's still a great basketball conference. So, uh, Hubert Davis played for Coach Dean Smith from 88 to 92. Uh, he spent the past nine seasons uh, nine seasons as an assistant coach uh, under Roy Williams. Again, as you mentioned, he meant to uh, announce his retirement just a few days ago. Uh, boy, I mean, I, I like it. He's familiar with the program. He has a passion for UNC basketball. Uh, was a part of UNC basketball as an alumni, and he's one of the great players in UNC. So I like the hire, and I think he and he's got a ton of knowledge too. I remember when he used to be on uh, College Game Day. I loved him on there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I just to me the the we're gonna stick in the family is arrogance. Like it's just well, we're UNC. Of course we have a great candidate, and maybe they again if it works they're right, and if I'm I'm an idiot. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like. Why don't you just interview the best candidate and say, hey, just win? Yeah, just because win. you know what UNC will think if somebody comes there from gosh knows who, where? If he comes from Alaska and he wins them, wins them games, they're going to say, yeah, I like this guy. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> As Al Davis said, just win, baby. Just win, win baby. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, uh, NFL had a big-time trade, and it's going to probably get a local star. Yep. In the top three draft pick. I want to get AJ's thoughts on this. Yep. All this coming up on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also Colin Cowherd. Tiger Woods was driving way too fast on a road nobody should drive fast on. He has, through the years, liked driving fast. It mirrors his life. And as one of the great writers of the 20th century once wrote, F. Scott Fitzgerald, find me a hero and I'll write you a tragedy. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Les Olson Company realizes that having cutting edge and dependable computer hardware enables the front line of your business to get the job done. They also help you play defense with the most sophisticated IT security products available. Create an all-star work environment with the latest IT products and best support and cash value. Les Olson Company's managed IT is there for you all the way. Les Olson IT. Visit lesolson.com to learn more. In the vast ocean, there was room for only one victor. Many would never come back. For the queen! But those who did would be legend. This epic battle for destiny will have to wait until after it rains. But Dad, we're winning. I don't want to get wet. Dad. We're at sea. Maybe we can storm the kitchen. Children who spend time with their parents are less likely to drop out of school, abuse drugs or alcohol, and are more likely to finish college. So imagine what a little time can do for your family. To the deli! From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. If you own firearms, it's your responsibility to make sure they're always stored safely. Hiding them in a closet or drawer is not enough. Kids know where they are. Research shows the risk of injury and death is lower if guns are stored unloaded and locked up with the ammunition locked in a separate place. This is important when children are young as well as when they grow into teenagers. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. AJ Knight, I'm AJ South here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, streaming on 106.9thefan.com and on our 106.9thefan mobile app. Uh, 9474 Texas, our text line's been quiet today. I mean, that just means they're in complete agreement with us. Yeah, that's probably true. 9474 Texan, Roy is a diehard UNC. He's not going to leave the program to anyone incompetent. You know he had to say, you know he had to say in the hire. Oh, oh, without was, a doubt. It was totally confirmed that he had a ma- his recommendation was massive. Yeah. Because absolutely. it was basically down, I think, the three candidates. It was the guy they hired. Was it the UNC Asheville coach, I think, is the UNC? Jeez. Uh, yeah, put me on the spot or maybe there. UNC Greensboro. One of the UNCs, and then there was one other one that's coaching currently because the, the tree was not far spread. As far as the incompetent thing, until you do it, you have no idea. You can know everything there is about basketball. doesn't mean you're a good coach. <laughs> and it's easy to be the assistant at UNC. It's tough to be the head guy at UNC because you got to beat Tony Bennett. You got to beat Coach K. We'll see. I'm. I'm. I will be ha- willing to admit that I'm wrong if he wins. I'm just saying that I. I in general, college sports has this whole keep it in the family thing, and to me, it's just arrogance. Hire the best candidate, win the games. Think it's arrogance. I think it's arrogance to say we're going to keep it in the family because they know what UNC is all about. Look, I I can go to UNC, but if I told you right now I'm going to come there and win a bunch of games, maybe a national championship, I'm going to get us to 
multiple tournament wins, I think UNC would be like, you know, actually, that guy's not from here, but I like what he's selling. Let's do that. That's the bottom line. Who cares if it's a UNC guy as long as they win? I'm with you. Be interesting. Really, really interesting. Uh, all right, let's get to the uh, gridiron, shall we, and the pros. We got a big trade that went down, and it's time. Finally. That, uh, yeah. I think a lot of people saw it coming, but for what they gave up was kind of interesting. Uh, Sam Darnold, who was hailed as the franchise savior for the New York Jets, just like every other draft pick they put to the first round, uh, is headed to the Carolina Panthers on a trade that uh, occurred earlier today. Uh, it ends a ton of speculation and a ton of prediction and projection that this was going to happen. Uh, he is the number three overall draft pick from 2018, and in return, the Jets get three picks, a sixth rounder in the 2021 uh, a second rounder and a fourth in the 2022 draft. And with their leading candidate, BYU Zach Wilson, who should be available, and he's met with the, the Jets multiple times virtually. So uh, I hope. <laughs> I'm praying for you, Zach. All right? I'm praying for you. I'm not going to say it's going to go well, though. Like, quarterbacks go to die in the Jets, in the Jets organization. I mean, yeah, that's what's unfortunate about this because – so the big thing in the NFL, obviously, is you want to get a rookie quarterback, spend a ton of money everywhere else because the rookie's cheap, and then win, and then hopefully he becomes what you think he is, and you hope that by the time his page, his new contract extension comes in effect, he's become the guy that can carry a team that's not as good because you got to gut it to pay for him. Um, the thing is, I still like Sam Darnold. I'm a Bears fan. I really would have liked to see him get it. Um, the second-round pick is probably about right. I think the Jets were playing hardball, even though I think this was inevitable. They've just been tied too much to a quarterback, specifically Wilson at number two, to not think this was going to happen. The thing that's curious to me is, is this is Carolina settling because they couldn't find a trade or didn't want to pay up to get into the quarterback action? Or do they actually like Darnold a whole lot because Matt Rule was a finalist for the job in New York when, they, uh, when he ended up ultimately taking Carolina? Yeah, that's Carolina. a great question. Um, and they just decided that's who they're going to go with because obviously there's, what, five? Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Lance, probably Mac Jones. Five quarterbacks are probably going to go in the first round. Four for sure and probably like the first six picks, depending on how trades work out. So I wonder if Carolina just decided we can't get up there. Maybe this is also an indication that Atlanta's going to take a QB because Atlanta's at four. Or is Atlanta at four? Yep, it is now. It should be Jacksonville, New York, the Jets. Uh, San Francisco traded up with the Dolphins, and I believe Atlanta at four. Hey, I know we talked about this on our uh, For the Bleachers podcast, but what if Zach Wilson says, I don't want to go play for the Jets? I want to go to San Francisco instead. Like, he pulls that Elway slash Eli Manning tantrum. I mean, it's... Would you blame him? <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> because there is a huge difference in the organization that is San Francisco and New York, even with the new coach and all that, New York Jets are just, they're just not a good franchise. They're no, bad. They're always bad. Do you think the new coach helps? I mean, I mean, do they improve? Because Ted Bowles was a joke. No, Bowles was solid. Gase was a joke. Oh um, yeah. Taco wise. I forgot about him. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, because firing Adam Gase. 
Yes and no, because why did it take them so long to fire Adam Gase? That, to me, removing him was an obvious decision a while ago. Actually, they never should have hired him. He he was in your division and couldn't figure it out. Mm. And they're like, you know what? We need some of that. And then they got that, and it was like, that's exactly what we got. And they were like, you should fire him. He's terrible. They're like, we're not going to do that. And like, you have a young quarterback. He's detrimental to him. It's fine. We're going to wait till the end of the season. So, no. No, actually, it doesn't to me because the organization is just flat out bad. And that's why ultimately – because somebody made a really good point. I think it was uh, I think it was Shannon Sharp actually made a really good point. said that the difference in the franchise that takes you could be the difference in being a good player and a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame player. Because if Zach Wilson is a great talent, he goes to San Francisco and he's surrounded by a good organization with good talent, and he's just he's good, you could look great because of what you have. But if he's a great player and he goes to New York, he could look average because they're terrible. Yeah, 6891 texted into the show, if the Jets draft Zach, I feel they would trade him down or tr- trade him in the next few years. The front office is a dumpster fire. I, I don't think they're a good organization. I don't think they had that great of a draft last year. I think the organization as a whole is bad. Just looked at the Becton situation against, I think it was Cleveland, right? His shoulder's bad. He can't play. Ten snaps in. Nobody can block the defensive line. All right, Becton's fine. It's miraculous. Get in there. And then he goes in there, and then and then he pull him out again. And it's like, so you, you drafted a guy high to be your franchise left tackle. He can't play, and you decide, in this game, we're going to sacrifice the future. They're a terrible franchise. They're just awful. So here's the thing for Carolina. Let's go to their Panthers staff here just just a bit. They have the eighth pick in the draft. Do they draft another quarterback, or do I, they just say with I Darnold? think if one slides, they consider it. But to me, I think this trade is as much as anything an indication that someone in front of them is taking another quarterback because we're pretty positive that quarterbacks are going one, two, and three. I've been on board with Atlanta taking one. So I think Atlanta takes one. And there was no way, if you're Carolina, it was going to be tough to convince Atlanta to trade a swap with you because if you're Atlanta, you're not going to make your opposing division rival a a deal that helps them get better. This, to me, might be just as much an indication that either Atlanta is taking a quarterback or somebody else is going to move up to Atlanta's spot. Hmm. But I think Atlanta takes a quarterback. Yeah, me too. I think Atlanta. I think Matt Ryan and that project starting to wear out really quickly. It's funny, after you blow a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, how things can just downward spiral on you. Yeah, their defense is bad. He's got a big cap number, so Ryan will be there. And their offense has been solid. They've got a lot of talent, but that's in one of the rare situations, I think, in the NFL it doesn't happen anymore, where if Atlanta takes a quarterback, the QB can actually sit. Like, Lance, to me, would make a lot of sense because he's kind of a toolsy project. So Matt Ryan, I think, contract-wise, will be there for one year, if not two, so that would be an ideal situation. But I think this, to me, is an indication – from Carolina as much as anything, that somebody, quarterbacks are going to be gone. The top four quarterbacks are going to be gone in the first six picks. Uh, John Russell texts into the show, says, a lot of players, coaches need a change of environment. This is a great move for Darnold. I think he's going to succeed. I like Darnold. Again, like I said, I'm a Bears fan. I want the Bears to get him. There's talent in uh, Carolina. The other thing is trading for him means that that eighth overall pick now could be invested in something to help the team. They went all defense last year. Um, maybe maybe one of the tackles will be there, the offensive tackles. There definitely will be a receiver there. So they let Curtis uh, Samuel go. They've got Robbie Anderson, who was in New York with Arnold, so I would imagine they have some sort of relationship. DJ Moore is very good. So they're definitely going to be – they were an interesting team offensively last year. Um, defense, they really struggled. But they were, they were an interesting team last year. Okay, now what you do with Teddy Bridgewater, who, by the way, last year signed a three-year, $63 million contract. 
that now in like I mean in reality it's two years because of the way they structured it. But Bridgewater is set to count $22.9 million against this year's salary crap or salary cap with only $7.9 million in savings against the 2021 cap if they cut him after June 1st. I think he's on the oh, team. Oh, man. He's a, he's a professional. They paid him starter money. I thought, I thought initially from the get-go it was a worthwhile risk. He was either going to be a bridge guy or someone that surprises you. Um, I think you wait and see what happens in Houston. Because if if Sean has to sit out, maybe that's something you can find a deal. But I don't I don't know what their cap situation is. I'd imagine they're not bad because they basically tore it down to the studs. So I don't think they're paying a ton of money to a ton of guys. They're fine. Again, the Jets have traded Sam Darnold in a weight. Zach Wilson, watch, watch. Like the Jets take some like running back or receiver. I just I mean, watch. It's just gonna fail right in front of their eyes. I can't wait to see it. In return for the Jets, they get the uh, 2021 sixth rounder and a 2022 fourth and second rounder as well. So I feel bad for him because BYU quarterbacks, so if, if it is Zach Wilson, which everybody's tied to the Jets and it doesn't work, which it may not because the organization's bad, it's just going to further the stereotype that BYU quarterbacks are not good because they haven't transferred in the NFL. And it may be not completely out of his control because obviously he needs to play, but maybe something that is – just a more uphill climb for him if it fails in New York because New York's just bad. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, just a side note because I'm a fan. Tom Brady's rookie card sold for two point two five million. Makes you wish you got into card collecting, doesn't it? I used to be a card collector. But the most expensive card I had was a Raymond Berry card for one hundred and fifty bucks. I think I traded it for a Bill and Beer rookie card. I was like five bucks. Oof. Yeah. I didn't know any better. I was young, stupid, and in love. You know, young, dumb, and broke. Uh, All right, so (laughs) let's take a break. Coming back, let's get into the national championship game. Uh, Currently, by the way, if you're uh, a Jazz fan right now, um, they've started off really cool. At the end of the first quarter, Dallas leads it 27-25 over the Utah Jazz. Let's just call it, AJ. It's over. It's over. It's over. Dallas won. Jazz, we're going to be out in the first round. That's it. They're going to be in the we're playing not, game. We're not going to the finals. <laughs> Playoffs? Playoffs? Westwood One is your exclusive home for the 2021 NCAA tournament. It's only fitting that a season unlike any other comes to a conclusion in the most unique circumstances. From 68 teams down to one, all in the same state. Every basket, buzzer beater, and bracket buster until a champion is crowned. Who will take home the title? Tune in to find out. All the excitement of March Madness right here on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Representative Dan Johnson. Working in education for more than 40 years, I've seen the devastating impacts that domestic violence has on our community, and I am so grateful for CAPSA. CAPSA's programs are the best in the state, and I have seen how CAPSA helps families escape abuse, heal from trauma, and build new lives. CAPSA demonstrates successful private-public partnerships and the critical need for non-governmental organizations. When you know CAPSA, you know hope. Why? Why take a chance? Why risk a mistake? Why say something? We all have reasons why we choose to ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right. The word why can either paralyze us or empower us to stand up and protect what we love. 
So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my family. I see safe for my friends. I see safe for my students. We see safe for each other. I see safe because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. A why that unifies this community we're all a part of. So protect your everyday. Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. AJ Nadam, AJ Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan is the full court press. If you want to join our show, 435-339-0321 is how you text in. Uh, can, we, uh, can we talk about Aaron Rodgers real fast? Right, thir- Remember thir- when everybody gave Tony Romo a bunch of crap? 32-27 Dallas over Utah in the second quarter. Because he uh, he golfed, right, in the offseason. Everybody's like, oh, he's not focused on football. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy. Okay, but here's the thing about Tony Romo. During a bye week, they because they were, they were uh, waiting for the wild card round to finish, and they're waiting for the winner. I think this was in 07. And uh, they're in their bye week. And Tony Romo, instead of staying home and watching the opponent like every other great quarterback would do, he decides to go out with Jessica Simpson and go to Mexico. Yes. And hang out for a few days. I agree. That's wrong. And then he came back, and guess what? Tony Romo and the Cowboys lost to the Giants at home. I agree. That's bad. I'm just saying. Everybody used to give Tony Romo a bunch of crap because he had an off-season activity. Yeah, but here's the thing is that even during the regular season, he had an off-season activity. I agree. I'm saying so let's give he, Aaron Rodgers no, some crap. No, no, yes. because Aaron Rodgers doesn't take weeks off in the, in the during the season. Right. He just takes them off during the postseason. Oh! <laughs> Shots fired. Look Get, at his record. Getting saucy. Look at his record. AJ just said Jordan Love should be the next starting quarterback next year. Book it. That's what he just said. Uh, Jordan Love might need a little bit more time. I'm just saying, if you're Aaron Rodgers, they've had one Super Bowl win, and I think he's under 500 for the postseason, maybe a game above. Uh, greatest quarterback of all time? I don't know. No one's saying he's the greatest quarterback of all time. No, no one said he's that. he's not. He's not even in the top five. You know what? Drew Brees is overrated, too. Oh, yeah. You're not going to hear an argument from me. Plenty of his stats are inflated when they were, he was throwing for 5,000 yards a season when they were going 7-9. and nine. Yeah. Drew Brees is overrated. Hall of Famer, yes. Not top five, no. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Mm, who else is in his class? Who else retired this year? I can't remember. I'm going to uh, say yes, just because he has so many statistical records. He's gonna re- He retired with... Okay, but here's my problem. Here's my little beef with this, okay? Richard Seymour helped create a dynasty for the New England Patriots. Look, I agreed with you on this one. R- Teddy Bruschi, um... Ty Law made it, but like Troy Brown, uh, Willie McGinnis, none of those guys were being considered, and that was a dynasty in football. I and agreed with you that some more of those Patriot players from those teams needed crap. to be in. And you know what? The Hall of Fame is a sham. 
Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the NFL's terrible. They are like, hey, you know, this really distinguished honor. Let's turn it into a television show and make a minimum requirement. Stupid. You're not going to have five players every year that are in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. This, the, the problem, that's why baseball, while I hate the the good boys and old boys club and attaboy and yo boy or whoever it is, um, I respect it more because it's actually difficult to get into, which it should. It's a Hall of Fame, not Hall of Very Good. Stupid NFL. Hey, who do you think's worse, baseball or NFL? NFL, because baseball's changing because the some of the problems are getting old and losing their votes and dying and et cetera. Baseball will get there. NFL's worse. Much like everything else, NFL's like, how much money do we make a year? $11 billion? That's not enough. What can we do? Let's make the NFL Hall of Fame a sham and put it on television. Uh, 35-32 Dallas over Utah right now with just about eight and a half minutes remaining in the first half. Um, and that is without Chris Tapps Porzingis, by the way. It's 38-32 now. Ugh, so um, over. We're done, guys. We're not going to the playoffs. We're done. We're done. Playing game, here we come. Yep, we're going to lose to the Lakers, too. Or the Pelicans, whichever one shows up there. Or the Spurs. Whoever it is. <laughs> Watch. I'm telling you. Zion Williams will literally pull that play from Space Jam where he stretches his arm out for half court and just dunks it repeatedly. <laughs> hey, are you going to watch the new Space Jam movie with LeBron James uh, in it? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I originally was was in the camp of defending it because everyone's like, oh, he's just doing it to copy Jordan. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, slow your roll. He's just doing a movie. Chill out. He was great in Trainwreck, by the way, and I hate that movie, but LeBron was great. Frankly, the whole movie should have been about LeBron and Bill Hader. They were awesome. <laughs> Bill Hader's awesome. They I love Bill Hader. He's in incredibly movie. talented. Uh, probably. I Ashley watched the I'll trailer. Watch I haven't it. watched the full trailer yet, but Ashley, my girlfriend, watched it. She said it looks stupid, so she's not on board with it, but I'll probably check so it out. So what? Just so if it's stupid, you still got to go watch it. Looks, as I heard famously uh, yesterday, Space Jam is the greatest sports versus aliens crossover movie of all time. The first one, obviously. <laughs> hey, uh, Utah Jazz game is not airing on the station. Why? Because the NCAA championship is tonight. Baylor, Gonzaga, in what many consider could be the greatest NCAA championship game ever. That's what they're hoping for. Uh, do you know what the spread is tonight? You're into that stuff. What's the Nevada guessing game? Saying? Oh, I think it opened at. Uh, I think it opened at Gonzaga minus five and a half. I believe it hasn't moved much. I'll tell you what I have. I'm kind of interested where the spread sits and where you sit on the over-under as Gonzaga well. Gonzaga minus four and a half. And you have? So the line came And you down. took Baylor, right? I took Baylor straight up. Over-under is 160. Are you going over or under? Probably over. Me too. I didn't bet it, but I would probably take the over. So the first question, when you look at ba- Baylor and Gonzaga, Baylor 26-2, uh, and two, Gonzaga's 31-0. and 0. Uh, these two teams were supposed to match up in November, and it never showed up because of COVID issues. In fact, this is the fourth time since 1985 that the title game features two teams seeking their first national title in school history. And it's the second straight time when before it not happened from 2001 to 2018. But here we are again anyway. So two teams looking for their first title. Uh, and, and, and I think with that canceled game that they had... In November, this one even builds on just as much because these are the two teams that everybody wanted to see, AJ. Yeah, well, de- definitely. But Because the other thing that is, for me, uh, that's been really interesting about March, and it hasn't been necessarily every season, but this like decade of, of March tournaments has been about coaches finally breaking through. 
right? Jay Wright finally won one. Um, there's other coaches that I had at the t- and now I've lost and now that I decided to talk about this. Oh, Tony Bennett finally won one. Now either uh, Scott Drew or Mark Few, Mark Few's been there a ton, is finally going to win one. It's it's about coaches breaking through, and I think that's super interesting because I think for so long, um, you know, it was it was the same it was the same teams. It was UNC, and it was Duke, and then it was Kentucky, and then it was UNC again, then it was Duke again, and so I think this most recent decade has been awesome because we've seen these coaches who everyone knows is a good coach, but then you always have to say, but well. And Gonzaga, the other thing too is, and Cowherd said this on his program, and I think this is astounding too. Like, this is amazing. Gonzaga has gone from David to Goliath. He has built them into a powerhouse. It's taken a while too, but he's done it the right way. And the other thing, like, because, and he made a great point. He said, there's so many teams that you could probably look at and it's specs in history, right? There's teams that have gotten on runs and then they were gone. I don't think Gonzaga's going anywhere. I don't think Fuse leaving. You and I talked about that. I said, I don't, yeah, oh, I, heavens, you, no. I don't take the UNC job. Yep, I know you I'm and Eric you. talked about that. I wouldn't. Because the other thing is, and this was a stat I told Ajay when I th- I think it was for the podcast, actually, from the, Bre- from the Bleachers podcast, is that Gonzaga just just started recruiting like a powerhouse program. Yeah. They that, just That's started how they got Jalen Suggs, their highest recruit ever in school history. And they have the number one recruit locked up for next year. They're going to clean up on the transfer market, whatever they need to do. I think they have another top 15, top 20 recruit coming in as well next year. They're not going away. I mean, this is one of those things where few in modern era of sports, which is, I feel like, almost impossible to do, may have turned Gonzaga into a blue blood. That may be where this this program ends up. So we look at some of the great matchups between you know teams before in the national championship game. Uh, Illinois, North Carolina in 05, I thought was one of those good ones. Uh, the North Carolina-Gonzaga matchup in 17. The North Carolina-Villanova matchup was really, really good. Yep. Um, some say even uh, Bird and Indiana State versus Michigan State in the national Sick title in Salt Lake City. Yep. Um, put it up there as well. But this is, I mean, what these two programs have done throughout this season and their pure domination makes this probably the what we hope to be the greatest and at least most anticipated national championship uh, of all time. Give me a couple of keys you have, uh, AJ, for the... Uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs and Baylor Bears. I would say so. One of the big ones is going to be uh, Mitchell. Uh, what do they? Because they say they call him Off Night on Baylor. Yeah. He wears forty five. Great tweet, by the way. I think it was Damian Lillard tweeted Donovan uh, after the Sweet Sixteen and said, "Man, Donovan, you play for Baylor." And then Donovan's response was, "Well, I got two years of eligibility left." Um, but him against Suggs, uh, because obviously the, he, they call uh, Mitchell Off Night. I think he was the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. Baylor's defense is a top 10 defense, and it's going to be crucial, I think, to see if they can replicate sort of what um, UCLA did in which in keeping pace. I think Baylor's defense is a whole lot better than, than UCLA's, and they found a way to limit them. And then the post, because, look, I can't stand the guy. He, there's something about him rubs me the wrong way, but Timmy down low for Gonzaga is a really good player. And I feel like it's not so much their offense goes when he goes because Gonzaga just has so much talent. But it's, he's definitely a focal point, and I think Baylor needs to find a way to mitigate him. And I would also watch – I've watched a few of the Gonzaga games you know, when they were going to crush everybody. It's not something that's necessarily caught my eye. 
He is he's a little notorious. He gets a little he gets a little loose with that chicken wing when he decides to turn <laughs> to the post. There's a lot more offensive fouls that could be called against him. So they should watch that, but that's gonna be the big one too, because um I think Baylor's Baylor's top ten in offense, top ten in defense. Um Houston's a really good defensive team. Baylor destroyed them. Baylor needs to shoot well though. I'm looking forward to the Namesmith Defensive Player of the Year, Davion Mitchell versus what can many consider who should have been the national player of the year, even though he's a freshman, Jalen Suggs. Suggs is a top five NBA draft prospect. Yes. Uh, incredibly special player. Mitchell is a lockdown guy. One through five, he is a menace for you, especially on the perimeter guys over the course of this uh or the course of the season. Suggs has great next like, I mean, NBA levels speed with the ball. Yes. He's really great off the ball. He can overwhelm you and overwhelm opponents just based on his off ball movement. Uh I will take this Mitchell and Suggs matchup as the key of tonight's game. If Mitchell can get, or excuse me, if Suggs can get going early, it's not going to really matter what Mitchell does. Because Suggs, if he can get going early, is tough to cool down. If Mitchell can lessen his touches, if Mitchell can uh, guard him without fouling, it's going to be tough for Suggs tonight. And they're going to have to look to um, Timmy Miles or, or somebody else to help them out. But Suggs is the catalyst, or excuse me, the catalyst for this uh, Gonzaga Bulldog offense. I mean, again, it's a matchup everybody's watching. I would, yeah, him and, and Timmy, because I think uh, Kispert, I think, is a big one, too, just because he's such a devastating shooter. I think uh, UCLA seemed to do a, a solid job um, keeping him mostly in check. But Tim, it's Timmy and Suggs. Those are the two that if Baylor's defense really needs to focus on, it's those two. They've got a lot of talent, but it, those two are the one, two that make the engine go. All right, so tonight, Gonzaga Baylor seven twenty Mountain Time nine twenty Eastern Time. So late, it just doesn't make any sense. And the crazy thing is, as soon as you're done with the game, you get back to your hotel. They're all like, "Grab yourself forty five minutes. You need to be out of the hotel." They boot them out immediately. Right. So it's nuts. It's nuts. Great job, NCAA tournament. Way to go! All right, uh, let's uh, look at some predictions. Uh, AJ, I'll start with you. You have Baylor winning in the Nevada guessing game. Uh, give me a score prediction and give me why. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, it may it, – it, it may. I think it's going to live up to the hype. I don't know if we're going to get overtimes. Uh, just because I want my money, Baylor 85, Gonzaga 83. And the reason why is I think uh, UCLA exposed a few things for Gonzaga – um, and I think Baylor has the type of players. UCLA's big thing they had over in uh, part of this run is that they had players that could create their own shot. Baylor has that. They have a lot of guards that can move, and they shoot the ball extremely well. So Baylor will penetrate and shoot the ball well, and their defense will do just enough to slow down Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga winning tonight. My final score is going to be 81-75 Gonzaga. Um Look, everyone's going to talk about Gonzaga that they play in a weak conference and if they play in the Big Ten or the SEC, they'd have more losses. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you're doing. When you're the number one overall seed, you haven't lost a game in conference. You've ran through the NCAA tournament where you're undefeated. That is impressive. And we cannot absolutely in no way demean what the Gonzaga Bulldogs have done. But just, I mean, they took every haymaker from UCLA possible and they still came out with a win. I think they're. I mean, with what Baylor can do, they expect Baylor to be great. But I don't see Gonzaga flinching in any way. I think it's gonna be a back and forth game. But I think in the end, uh, we have our first undefeated team since the Indiana Hoosiers of 1975-76, and 
And I mean, that's I mean the capper for Mark Few's Hall of Fame career. So yeah, yes, he is a Hall of Famer. So many predictions are leaning that way. That's what makes me uneasy because Gonzaga has been really good. That my hope and my bank was one, you know, I bet with the payout because the payout would be bigger with Baylor. But the other thing is too, I was just hoping with the short turnaround that Gonzaga really had to fight in, out of that one, whereas Baylor got ready for Houston, destroyed Houston, and the, the game was over at half. Houston just could not get back into it. So that's a fact. I think you saw Premier what their offense could do and what their defense can do, and I'm hoping with such a short turnaround that they'll be able to keep that going uh, against Gonzaga, who has to turn around from... They're definitely the better team, but es- escaping, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word. Not it may escape. They're a better team, but um, pulling it out way early at overtime, maybe earlier than they should have against UCLA. That game deserved a second overtime. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that's what breaks so many hearts. For even basketball fans who, are, I mean, didn't have a dog in the fight, up. that they just wanted to see another five minutes of basketball between those two Hughes, teams. Hughes and UConn and it. Hughes and UConn it. And it ends on a bank three-pointer yep. from just below half court. Yep. Oh, that makes you sicker for UCLA. And you know the worst? <laughs> it wasn't like, I guess it wasn't funny, but Mark Few just turns to Mick Cronin and he goes, I'm sorry. I don't know what just happened. I mean, I thought it was really classy. Can I ask you about that? Actually, yeah. here's the last thing for you. What do you think about the Arizona coach for ba- for women's basketball? Right, she got caught flipping Dude, the double birds you know to UConn. Okay, so she didn't apologize in the press conference. Yeah, that's the okay. case. So she had a very explicative, you know, motivational rant for her team. You know, after they, uh, after, I think after they upset UConn, and um, which included a middle finger. You know, just a yeah. Here's an explicative or for whatever. So then, I, so I appreciate like her motivation because as a baseball coach for a crappy baseball team, I had to really motivate my kids in 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 different ways that I can't say on air. Right. Um. But to do it towards the other team is not a good idea. I agree. UConn is the most respected women's program, and that's just not the way to go about it. I think what what does they say? Uh, win with class, lose with class. Amen. And she did not like. I look. No. I like trash talk as much as the best of them, but that that was over the line. The double birds was to me over the line. And then her doubling down, and the people saying like, "Oh, it's not a big deal. I like that." My coach I'm like, "I, you want that fire anywhere else? That's great. On the court, no. You win with dignity. I think on the court, absolutely." Let's take a break. Come up. Wrap it up here on the full court press. One hundred six nine. The fan. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, the Hearing Aid Center, and now Ascent Aesthetics are in the New Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette, along with the entire staff, look forward to helping your family. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, along with the Allergy Clinic, the Hearing Aid Center, and now Ascent Aesthetics, now in two locations, the Cash Valley Hospital and Providence. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Go to CashValleyENT.com for more details. That's CashValleyENT.com. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. Engagement season is in full swing, and Jarek's Fine Jewelry has been helping hundreds of couples find the perfect ring. If you are getting engaged, you have to come browse our collections. Sometimes you may find the perfect ring in just a minute, or we can help you custom create your own design. Oh, and with Mother's Day almost here, talk to us about designing the perfect mother's ring. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Baylor, go Baylor, go Baylor, go Baylor, go Baylor. Everybody cheer for Baylor. See, if you wanted more pressure about the game, 
play the Nevada guessing game and vote for the wrong team. Yeah, that's I what mean, AJ that just kinda, did. That was kind of my whole March tournament strategy. Gosh, the, the Sweet 16 was terrible. <laughs> so angry. I bet on six of the Sweet 16 eight games. I God made seven you. bets between those, and I lost all of them. For Agent Adam AJ Salison, tomorrow you hear from Mr. Hartwell and Coach Odom, new men's basketball coach. Thanks for listening to the Full Court Press.